We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, two-time Super Bowl champion and Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, he gave Emmett Bank Stadium and the Ravens fan base one huge compliment during his appearance on Monday Night Football's Manning cast this week. Yes, he did, and it is a perfect segue into the return of primetime football at the bank coming this Thursday night. Baltimore is going with its all-black uniforms, and Lamar Jackson, he had a hilarious response when asked about the the team's style choice. He certainly did. We're going to get to all that more. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. It is Wednesday, November 15th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by our friends at Thoroughbred Sedan, Van, and Bus LLC. You can visit RideThoroughbred.com and follow them on Instagram at RideThoroughbred to learn more about what they offer, all of which can be found in the show notes. So we've covered in recent days a trend that's really been rearing its ugly head for far too often in recent years, and that's Baltimore's inability to finish sometimes with fourth quarter leads. So That was obviously a topic of conversation during the Tuesday pressers. And John Harbaugh, along with number eight, they both addressed those concerns head on. Plus, after missing the last two weeks with a nagging shoulder injury, right tackle Morgan Moses. He provided reporters with an update on his playing status ahead of Thursday Night Football. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Bobby, I know my phone was certainly blowing up on Twitter during that uh, Monday night football game between the Bills and Broncos. How about Josh Allen, by the way, with all those talk about interceptions and, and you know, not playing well down the end. But uh, one Patrick Mahomes, he was a visitor on the Manning cast over that, you know, kind of they just the two Manning brothers talk about the game on a on a different channel, always kind of fun and, and entertaining. Uh, and then, yeah, Patrick Mahomes talk about a monster guest. And, you know, they kind of get off on a topic conversation of, you know, do you have to use silent counts? Have you had to use those when you're in opposing teams stadiums? He's only had to do it twice, Bobby. He's only had to do it twice. 
And surprise, surprise, who he named. You ever do signals for the offensive line when it's real loud, or are you always verbal with the offensive line, Patrick? Uh, I'm mostly verbal. The only time I've been silent um, in the, is in Baltimore and in Seattle, where I've had to, under center, kind of have to go verbal or the signals to the offensive line, and it was so loud in those stadiums that we, the tackles couldn't hear me. That's a huge compliment. I mean, that guy's played in a lot of different stadiums, and there are a lot of rabid state NFL stadiums out there. And to be in there, one, first of all, for him to name two and Baltimore to be one of them, but then the other one is Seattle, which we all know is absurdly loud. Pretty good standing. <laughs> yeah, so uh, many, many of those years while I was working at the Ravens, I uh, mostly was in the press box, and in the in the Ravens M&T Bank Stadium press box, it's enclosed by glass, which is kind of nice on those cold nights. Yep. Uh, it, it's really just a comfortable – one of the best press boxes in the NFL, to be honest. Sometimes they put you out in no man's land. You can hardly see the field, and it's open and cold and all that. So anyway, so it, the noise doesn't get to me as much, but <clears throat> there was a year – it was back in 2006. Back in the day, we did Celebrity Sideline Reporter. I don't know how many people remember that, but we did that with WBAL. And so I was the person who would accompany the celebrity, right? And I can remember – I believe it was Ravens versus Chargers, and the Ravens needed. I remember it was after Todd Heap caught a touchdown pass, but it was a few yards short of the end zone, and he was bulldozing in. Bobby, the crowd was insane. I have never felt like it was so loud. It was just ringing in my ears. Like I've been to loud games, but that was like another level. I can only imagine trying to communicate out there. So, yeah, huge compliment to the Ravens fan base. What they do to help be kind of like the 12th man and help out this Ravens team, making guys like Patrick Mahomes have to go to a silent count. That's something the Ravens are going to need this Thursday. Oh, yeah, and it was cool to hear from Roquan Smith's perspective, too. Remember, he's the main communicator as, as the green dot where on defense, how he is even impacted by the noise and how loud it gets inside the bank. We'll get to that in just a bit. But as we mentioned in our game preview episode with Jay Morrison, who covers the Cincinnati Bengals, go check that out in the archives if you haven't already done so to get yourself ready for Thursday night. Primetime is coming back to the bank, returning. It's going to be a good one. Obviously, it's a pivotal matchup. John Harbaugh understands and, and relishes these moments because they only come around so often when they're home games. I, I'm excited. I, it's, it's great. You, you love our fan. It, it's great. It's great, it's great in the day. And it's even better at night, you know. So it's going to be a great night Thursday night. We're proud to have this game. Appreciate, you know, the opportunity to play a home primetime game like this, especially such an important game like this. Our players are excited. I know, I know our coaches are excited. I know our fans are excited. Can't wait to get out there and just try to do our best, you know. And, and I know our fans will be behind us a 1,000%. And here's Roquan Smith. Obviously, he's fired up for it as well. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a hostile environment. Uh, credit that to the fans, honestly. Uh, and, yeah, man, even for me personally, like uh, echoing the call out to the defense sometimes where it's just like guys will be like, what, what? You know, like multiple times, like with the noise being so loud. But it's just a credit to the home crowd, man, and it's a hostile environment to play in, and uh, that's the way we love it. So enjoy playing here. There you have it. If you've been keeping track, the Ravens are 18-2 and under John Harbaugh in home primetime games. If that streak keeps up, I like their, uh, like their chances come Thursday night. At the risk of having, you know, fans upset with us, that 18-2 and two can be juxtapositioned against the Bengals' road record. 
I, I can't remember how far it dates back, it. but is it? Oh, you got it. What is it? Fourteen and zero or zero and fourteen? Yeah, this is insane. Jay Morrison was the one who put this together, as he told us in our game preview. They're an NFL worst zero and fourteen in road primetime games, and that dates back to twenty thirteen. Are you kidding me? It's bananas, but I swear on my life, Bobby, I'm going to be ticked off if they break that streak this Thursday. This is not the time for that to happen. I'm I w- I'm going to be ticked off. You know, in my own kind of way, I'll still obviously have optimism and hope going forward, but I will be ticked off for sure. And by the way, for those yelling at us about jinxing, I don't believe in jinxes. It's for the weak-minded. I don't believe in jinxes around here. Tell them. What the Ravens told us this week is that they're going all black. That's right, black on black. And if you've been keeping track of this stat as well, and I got to thank the Ravens uniform tracker for this, the Ravens are unbeaten against Cincinnati in the all black uniform combination. Now, maybe you're screaming through your YouTube screen or your audio only device right now. Again, if you are superstitious, we're just giving you the facts as of this current second. Okay. What's now, the What's the overall record in the blacks? That is a good you know? question. Uh, don't, you don't have to look it up. You you got it against Bengals. That's good enough. I don't want to make you yeah. look it up. Okay. So what we will go to, though, is Lamar's reaction to the black on black. Because this thing can be pretty slick. It can be pretty suave. It can be pretty, you know, good looking. But this, I mean, hey, go ahead, Lamar. Sexy. <laughs> That's a sexy color. I like the color. <laughs> As only he can describe, Sarah, as he as only he can get away with. I love it. The all black uniforms are sexy. That was not the adjective I expected him to put out, especially in terms of like, you know, football uniforms. Um, but that will be a meme for all time. Oh, if yeah. if Lamar has a good game, I am putting out that video and I will call his game a sexy game. Okay, I would love to put up his numbers with a meme where he just says sexy. I'll However, be looking forward to that. I, what's that? I'll be looking forward to that tweet. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I more identify with Roquan Smith on the all black look. <laughs> they have reporters at because Roquan went to podium after Lamar. So they were like, hey, Lamar said it's sexy. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah, he called him sexy. Wow. Unique, unique way to explain him, huh? Describe him in a sense. But no, I would say I think of when I think of like black, like all black, pretty much what I'm wearing right now, uh, I think of just like, you know, like physical death row type defense like that's what i that's what i think of when i see like black it's like more of like okay show me what you're about because like if not we're gonna show you so that's how i associate black in my head honestly yes that would be more my thing more intimidating (laughs) more death row is fine yeah more intimidating and then he went on to say in that he said um when i put it on it makes me think like you better show me what you're all about or i'm gonna show you (laughs) And as usual, that was not it that he had to say in the motivational category. Is that where you're headed next? (laughs) No, go ahead. I mean, it's just how he is, right? He's 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 all about self-motivation, the one-liners. We know that. We get to hear from him weekly. By the way, we're hoping to have Roquan on back on the show on Friday, the day after this primetime game. So we'll let you know when that gets finalized with his people. But here he is first talking about primetime 
versus daytime games, whether or not he has a preference, and two, operating under a short week that we all know. It's a quick turnaround from Sunday to Thursday. Honestly, man, no. Like, I always say it, and like, I say it sometimes like joking, but like, I truly can play this game 7 a.m., 12 o'clock at night, out of the bar 2, 3 in the morning, whatever you need, I'm here, trust me. <laughs> Real talk. It's different for each and every individual. For me, I don't see any. Uh, line it up. It could have been a game today. I'm ready. Like so, And I'll definitely be ready on Thursday. <laughs> there you have it. I mean, he doesn't care. The, the, the after the bar comment now, I mean, I don't know what you're sipping out of the bar. Yeah. But you got Capri Suns <laughs> or whatever. But, I mean, he's, he's going to play regardless. That's Agent Zero at his best. Well, my, my, that was really good. My favorite was, the, if, for those that don't know, that second quote that came in, the question was, hey, what are the challenges to playing from a Sunday night quick turnaround to a Thursday night? You know, and he's like, well, for each person, you know, starts out very respectfully. Well, for each person, you know, it's, it's different. But for me, I don't see any. There's no challenges. Like, get out of here with that. It's just yeah. like... Yep. He, he just speaks to my personality. I feel like we've got, we're like kindred spirits in that way. Like, even if there was a challenge, you think we're going to admit it? There's no challenge. And if there's a challenge, we're going to bust through it like we'd bust through a brick wall. Yeah. And that was sort of the, the same mindset that he had when multiple reporters asked him about the Browns, right? Coming back off the Browns mm-hmm. loss. Do you enjoy the fact that you can flush it so quickly, kind of like we were talking about, being that it is a quick turnaround, right? And he had a couple of those. And as we mentioned in our pre show meeting, he wanted nothing of it. He's on to Thursday night, and I thought he did a great job of, as usual, setting the tone for this week. Um, honestly, today's Tuesday. Um, we have a Sunday night. I'm in a Thursday night game, so I shift my focus to uh, to that. Like, you know, learn from the mistakes and just move on. And that's where my mind is, and that's where the guys are. I got a good Bengals team coming into town. Um, the game Thursday. That's what I'm focused on. The game Thursday. You know. What's behind us is the past. Uh, I'm looking forward to the future at the end of the day. Yeah, some things throughout the game that uh, we don't like, but hey, that's the past, like I said, and I'm focused on uh, Thursday night at the bank. He, he, Bobby, that was more the tone that he kind of started off with. Like, he clearly started off, I mean, he's ticked off. What got him smiling is once they asked him the sexy question. He's sitting there trying to, like, oh, yeah. be, like, you know, monotone and serious and angry and ticked off. And then it was the sexy. But he came in, and it was clear to me. Roquan's ticked off about that game to the point that, like, they they tried twice to ask questions about that game, and he wasn't having He was shutting it down. Like, it was like, that's in the past we're not going to dwell on it. And Bobby, that's the way it's got to be. You've got to put that in the past. By the way, you have to put wins in the past too. It's always the next game. Always the next game. One thing I was I forgot to mention while we were talking about the uniforms, while the Ravens are on all black, the Bengals are going all white. This is yes. like good versus evil here. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, oh, this is, you know. Get your popcorn. At least it's going to be entertaining. Get, you know, get your every, popcorn. Every single football fan gets to watch this one if they so choose. Thursday night, Amazon, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, this is this is as good as it gets. Before we get into the next topic, which is a big one and one that we've, again, spent time in recent days covering, and that is this trend that has followed the Ravens, not all the time, but a hefty sample size here in recent years of their inability to close out games in the fourth quarter when they have leads. We'll get to that in just a second. But before we do, like I mentioned at the top, This episode is brought to you by our friends at Thoroughbred Sedan, Van, and Bus LLC. And they want to know, do you need a ride to BWI? What about Dulles or Reagan? 
Are you getting married and maybe you need guest shuttles? Please call our friends over at Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus, Baltimore's most reliable and affordable ground transportation provider. It's safer than rideshare mobile apps. Drivers are professional and background screened and vehicles remain meticulously detailed. You've probably seen them around the Beltway, perhaps, maybe even at a Ravens or Orioles games. Uh, you can book your next ride with Thoroughbred. You can check it out today using their f- user-friendly booking website by going to www.ridethoroughbred.com. All of that information can be found in the description of this video below. And you can go find them on Instagram and Facebook as well. We appreciate them for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore, Sarah. All right. So, Bobby, we obviously, um, yeah, we talked quite a bit in uh, Tuesday morning's vault about fourth quarter finishing. Went through all the stats of that. I dug into overall what are some some bigger issues to me that there wasn't a lot of themes and all the different losses you could put in on something else. But if there was a big theme, probably the biggest theme, it was turnovers, right? So anyway, uh, reporters spent obviously a bit of time digging into all that. And um, one part of that element is obviously your quarterback. You look at, hey, how's your quarterback playing in the fourth quarter? I saw uh, Jameson did a story on it. Uh, Jeff did a story on it. He dug uh, probably quite a bit into uh, Lamar Jackson. Then Jonas Schaefer did. I thought Jonas did a really good job of laying out the numbers. So I'm going to – I they all kind of had similar numbers, but I thought um, Jonas laid it out the best. So I, I want to dig into – what is, what is Lamar Jackson doing in the fourth quarter? Okay. So Jonas went to, um, I believe, Sports Info uh, Systems, and he looked up Lamar Jackson in the first quarter to third quarter, and then he juxtaposed it to clutch plays in the fourth quarter. So specifically these clutch plays, I think it's fourth quarter and overtime. In these four categories I'm about to read off to you, it's actually not that big of a difference. There's a slight there's a slight dip in some of these, but not that big of a difference. So accuracy, we go from 66.5% down to 63.4% in the fourth quarter for Lamar Jackson. How about the catchable rate? Because, you know, uh, accuracy includes drops, right? So what about catchable rate? Well, he's got 78.6 for the first three quarters, then a slight dip to 77.2 in the fourth quarter. On target rate, 68.4% to 68.3%, so essentially the same. Then yards per attempt goes from 7.4 and then to 7.2. Now, if we're talking about ideals, we'd prefer that they go up a little bit, that in crunch time, you know, he would maybe become more of a Superman, but really at the end of the day, he's essentially the same quarterback in those four categories. However, and this plays into the theme that I talked about, Bobby Jonas tweeted this to, to go into his overall story. And these are numbers by the way, since 2022. So this, this goes back to then Jonas tweets. Lamar Jackson is pretty much the same passer early in games that he is in the clutch, except for interceptions. This was exactly what I saw when I w- looked into all these double-digit leads going down. So, um, or yeah, being blown. So in quarters one through three, since 2022, Lamar Jackson has had six interceptions on 490 attempts. So that's a one to a 1.2% interception rate. Pretty low, pretty good. Now, what about clutch in the fourth quarter and overtime? 
Well, that's five interceptions on 101 attempts, which is a 5% interception rate. Okay. Now, as Dan Orlovsky said the other day, all of these interceptions can't be black or white. Sometimes they're Lamar's fault. Sometimes they're not. But then when you read into J to, um, Jonas's story, he picked out ones were the ones where I also went back to, and I thought were more on Lamar than not, except for the last one. So he talked about in week four uh, last season against Buffalo Bills. That one I rewatched. That was Lamar kind of – he had a bad snap, but he also kind of forced it. He could have thrown it away. So that one I put more on Lamar. He talks about one against the New York Giants. That also was one I put more on Lamar. Then he talks about that Pittsburgh Steelers one just this last season where he just didn't throw it a back shoulder fade to, o to OBJ and put it in a spot where Joey Porter Jr. could get the pick. So those, I all say, are a little bit more on Lamar than not his fault. But then he also added the Newsom's pick six on Sunday. And as we discussed um, in yesterday's vault, I don't put that on Lamar. I mean, that got tipped at the line of scrimmage. We saw how McCary seemed to fall or slipped or maybe just had bad technique, whatever happened. But BBB. BBB. Yeah, it's bad break, bro. Nothing that Lamar could do about that. So anyway, so those are the raw numbers. So the interceptions go up. Are they all on Lamar? Like I said, no, but there's there's a good handful of them. So that's kind of Lamar in the fourth quarter. It's not so much that his accuracy goes down or any of these other things. It's more about interceptions, and that is exactly what I said. Get those turnovers, chop those down in the fourth quarter, and I don't think that they're going to be blown as many leads. Um, one other, well, let's let's go with that. Any any reaction to you on that, Bobby? Well, I just think it's the context that we need. You know, it's not fully clean, right? It's 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 not all not on Lamar based on these numbers, but it's also not some insane drop off. Yes, it's a drop off in every single one of. This is what I appreciated about this specifically: the first quarter, the third quarter, right, and the clutch plays in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Yes. As you mentioned, they all dip down. You want them to go the other way in the fourth quarter when the games are on the line and you're trying to finish them. But it's not like these are catastrophic drops. No, <laughs> like, they're it's essentially the same. Right? It, it is yeah. I mean, one of them is is a tenth of a fraction point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In terms of on target rate. The other right. is two tenths yards right. per attempt. So the other one, you know, the other one have a couple different a couple percentage point difference. But to sit here and make any kind of conclusions, I think would be a little naive, a little unfair. And so I think this is the context that you need along with, yeah, it really has just been interceptions. Those have been the Achilles heel. It's not like, and granted, hey, certainly those those can plague a team. Turning the ball mm -hmm. over ends up you know, losing game. You know, you lose games based on the turnover battle in a lot of different scenarios. But I just don't think it's as dire as so many folks are suggesting, especially on the national level. You know, like a Shannon Sharp, maybe? Or a Stephen A? Sure. Shannon's no, funny. So he's got me watching first take all the time now just to kind of <laughs> see where he's at. I think we're in his head. And when I say we, just by all of us reacting, because he has mentioned the, the haters, the naysayers. Did he? Yes. No, 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 no. I'm. You said by we, and I was saying the we means Ravens fan base. But I agree with you because oh, he's yeah. saying people come at me, people come at me, and it's the Ravens fan base, obviously. <laughs> yeah. He keeps he keeps mentioning it that that you know people are all over him, and and you know I'm giving you facts, and the haters are coming at me. No, no, no. You're actually giving 
you're you're cherry picking for facts, and sometimes you provide facts. But either way, if it's facts or non-facts, they ain't coming with context, as yeah. you know, more often than not, which is unfortunate because again, I really like. I've said it a couple times this week. I really enjoy him as a personality. I obviously enjoy him as a player and respect what he was able to do. I know we both do, but it's like, man, his ES since he's turned to ESPN and even back when he was on Fox too. This Lamar Jackson criticism has been Lamar's not above it, but goodness yeah. gracious, Shannon almost seeks it. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, for sure. It's, it's, it's extreme for a reason. So anyway, all these reporters obviously have written articles on this as the fourth quarter overall and also Lamar. So I believe it was Jamison Hensley who asked John Harbaugh, you know, what can Lamar Jackson do to improve in the fourth quarter? Love John Harbaugh's answer. Well, I don't know. Which games are you talking about? I mean, no, nobody's perfect in every game. It's like, you know, Lamar, Lamar competes. He fights. He plays hard. You're going against the best defense in football, the schemes, and it's in crazy situations. And I just wouldn't rather have any quarterback in the league than Lamar Jackson in a tough situation. Uh, you know, we all try to do our best in every situation. We all try to build and improve, you know, through all these experiences that we have. And, and he's no different. I just love his competitiveness. I'm, I'm a Lamar Jackson guy, you know. That's my guy. I believe in him. And I'll take him in every fourth quarter situation from here until, until the end of Till I'm done coaching, I'll tell you that. So proud of him, and uh, we'll roll with Lamar Jackson. I can think of a few similar sound bites from Harbs over the years where he's really come to Lamar's defense. Like he's, he, yeah. you could clearly tell that he's thought about it, he's strategized, and it's come across as such. Like he's prepared for that. He understands. Well, he came across very passionate, very loyal. I've always appreciated that about him, and I. I, I get the sense that they still have a very close relationship. We know that the Ravens were one of the only teams to take, well, the only team to take a first round chance on number eight. And so there's always going to be that, that loyalty tie in there, but uh, just, just felt a sense there that, that Harbs was kind of ready for that. And he had been thinking about it recently based on some of the noise out there, perhaps. 
Yeah, I like the beginning of the answer, which was like, which game are you talking about? So he, of course, wants context too, and then doesn't pay it much mind. And just, and he has his quarterbacks back. He's like, Lamar Jackson's my guy. He's my guy. And, um, you know, I, I love that because Harbaugh really, uh, there's a few exceptions, but isn't going to throw his coach kind of like Lamar. Lamar doesn't throw his teammates under the bus. And he doesn't throw his coaches under the bus. And, and John Harbaugh is the same way. And John Harbaugh gets more flack about it. People want to hear him address concerns. He could have dug into what we just did. I'm sure, I'm sure John Harbaugh knows about the turnovers. I'm sure he knows about what's happening on defense. I'm sure because mm-hmm. it's not just Lamar. We're, 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 we, we talked about the fourth quarters overall yesterday. Today we're just diving in a little bit more on Lamar. Not, we're not trying to single him out. It's not just a Lamar problem. It absolutely is not. In fact, Lamar has won more games than, than, than lost. That is for sure. But, but it's the only way to go. It's the only way to go. You address the issues privately without the cameras around, and then you have your guys back in front of the cameras, in front of the public, because that is the only way to go. He just did it for Lamar. We agree with him on Lamar. Lamar's my quarterback. Lamar's Ravens quarterbacks. We will cheer him on. He will, he will have 70,000-plus fans cheering him on this Thursday night. Now, he did the same thing. For a Marcus Williams. He did the same thing for a Todd Munkin who forgot about Keaton Mitchell. He did it for all that. And in those instances, it ticks people off because they think that he he's he's unaware of what's going on. No, he's aware, but he's got his people's back in front of cameras, which is the way it should be. Um, he says it with a little bit more, you know, with his chest yeah, sticking out for still. Lamar Jackson a little <laughs> bit more. And I hope he does because Lamar gets more criticism than anybody. And so it's nice to see. John have Lamar's back. Lamar was also asked about some of the fourth quarter struggles and, and specifically the deep ball. And before we cut to it, here's just some next gen stats for you to chew on. Lamar's three for 13 for 89 yards and an interception on deep throws since week six with a 12.7% completion percentage under expected. So again, a far cry from what we know entering the Cleveland game was the NFL's most accurate passer in terms of completion percentage. That has not been the case. There is a lot of context to that sometimes when it comes to situationally on these these deep ball throws. But we know the bad misses, which of course are easier to remember than the ones that are maybe bang, bang, or, or going either way, have been overthrows. The, the majority of them have been overthrows. He talked about the fourth quarter struggles. He talked about the deep ball game on Tuesday. Finishing the game. Um, when we got the ball, have control of the time, have control of the ball, keep getting first downs until clock say zero and we up with the win. Improve at that. Lamar, what can you do to uh, improve on hitting these guys on the nine, nine routes? Hit them. So they, I mean, it's right there. I'm, I'm pissed off about it, to be honest with you. Um, I don't watch the game. and It's like like it might be a difference in the game if you know if we connect with that one, you know, but um, gotta, gotta, can't dwell on it, you know. Um, hopefully this Thursday we... We catch them when we want them. You know, we have success with the deep ball. Um, we connect, have chemistry there. But I, I believe it's there. You know, in practice, we, we do it all the time. You know, those guys catch the ball down the field, 40 yards, 50 yards down the field. We just got to need um, We needed to trans, transition over to the games. That's all. You connect on that deep ball. Justin Tucker doesn't get blocked. Two plays that Ravens certainly want back. That- in a- yeah, that Zay Flowers one. That's the one. That's, that's the, the one from this last week. And I'm gotta sure have it. he said he's, he says I'm ticked off about it. And gotta good, good. Yeah, gotta have it. And he knows it. Like he's not. 
he's not unaware of it. But I will say this, Bobby, there's been so many different parts of Lamar's game that people have said, well, that's just who Lamar is. Lamar can't do this. Lamar can't do that. Lamar can't do this. There is no doubt in my mind that while those deep passes, those nine routes, all of that, they haven't been hitting but Lamar is a perfectionist when it comes to football, and yeah. he's going to get it figured out. And I will also say this. He's saying that it, they're hitting in practice. Obviously, we're not there. We don't know. But I will say of any sport that I know of, I feel like football is the most practice sport that there is, right? This is not an Allen Iverson NBA where you pit, play 100-plus <laughs> times or whatever they're playing, and it's like practice. Pra like Football is a practice sport because it's the biggest team sport out there. So if he is indeed hitting those 40 and 50 yarders in practice, it will eventually hit. It will translate. They just have to keep at it. I trust that as well. I hope that's the case. In terms of the injury situation as of Tuesday evening, Jamison Hensley spoke with, among other reporters as well, right tackle Morgan Moses. And Morgan told him that I'm prepared to play, meaning prepared to play Thursday night and start at right tackle. He's missed the last two games with a shoulder injury. You know, Patrick McCarry has actually handled himself pretty dang well against Cincinnati's defensive front, Sarah, when asked, when called upon, as he pretty much has on every other position up and down the line at times for the most part. And so that's good news for an offensive line that we know was pretty banged up throughout that game. And you see here somebody who popped up on the injury report just in terms of not the actual report yet, to be honest with you, as we're taping this on Tuesday evening. The report itself hasn't come out yet, but John Simpson did not practice uh, Ravens left guard, which is interesting. Marlon Humphrey with that calf strain. Again, he is considered to be day-to-day, -day, according to Ian Rappaport. We talked about this in our game preview. Doesn't Sure doesn't seem likely that Marlon and Ronnie will play. We'll have to monitor that over the next 24 hours or so, but Marlon and Ronnie did not practice on Tuesday. Neither did Odell. Jadavian Clowney, Kyle Van Noy, uh, and Trenton Simpson, who popped up with that concussion. Remember, he left the game as we covered on Sunday against the Browns. So that's the way things look right now before the actual official report. And um, that's what we have in front of us. Yeah, I mean, the official report would tell us, but my guess is Odell is like a rest day. Kyle Van Noy, maybe John Simpson. Jadavian Clowney, I mean, he did get banged up on the elbow, but he told reporters, he told Jeff Zubek that he's fine. He said that right after the game. So that also could and be more. And he came back after that. Yeah, and he came back. So this could be more about giving recovery time and all that kind of stuff. It's really, it's really Ronnie and Marlon that are the big ones. And then obviously um, uh, Morgan Moses, but he's he was full participant estimated Monday. My guess is he was full again on Tuesday. And like he said, he's, He's prepared. So uh, the Ravens will need either him or Ronnie. That is for sure. I don't trust Falele just yet. No, he's still still developing right before our eyes, as is Big Sala, who's been inactive for the majority of this season, uh, the rookie out of Oregon who we had on the show a couple months back. But uh, anyway, to obviously, we're, we're kind of life is in the way tonight for us. And we just say, hey, you know what? We've been doing this for so long. We're like, look, we're, we're sticking to our recording that the, the official report is not out yet. You can always find it on BaltimoreRavens.com or go to the Ravens Twitter account to go check that out. And of course, we'll cover it on Wednesday's morning vault based on any kind of results that come from it or surprises. In terms of quick hits, found this to be interesting. I'm sure most football fans have been following the sign stealing investigation, the alleged sign stealing investigation in Michigan, which has been certainly 
uh, engulfing Jim Harbaugh, John's brother. He's currently serving a three-game suspension levied by the Big Ten Conference, even though he hasn't, again, been charged of anything specifically. He's serving that on behalf of the University of Michigan being in this in this turmoil right now, which which makes for an interesting conversation. To be honest with you, I don't have many opinions on it. I'm a big fan of due process. I'd like to see that come through first and have the full investigation thoroughly detailed and, and investigated. And once that's the case, then I'll weigh in. Until then, I'd just be talking out of the side of my you-know-what. But John Harbaugh certainly did not do that. He had a whole lot to say on this situation, and I haven't added it in yet. So let me do so, and maybe you can maybe you can provide a little bit of uh, insight on what you've been watching out there in Ann Arbor. I, I it's it's well, I'm in Columbus, which is obviously the um, where we are the biggest rivals to Michigan with with OSU here. Um, it's funny because around here it's like oh, they're cheaters, they're cheaters, they're cheaters, you know, all that kind of stuff. And obviously there was something going on, but what Jim Harbaugh's knowledge of that is. Uh, I do not know. I completely agree with you. I'm a big fan of due process. I'm not a big fan of suspending people while investigations are going on. I feel like you should suspend them after the investigation if something comes up conclusively. That actually changed Bobby because of the Ray, Ray Rice incident. Like while the NFL was was investigating all of that, fans were upset because then the video came out and it was horrific, absolutely yeah. horrific. Yeah. And um and so, uh, but I, even with that Ray Rice, I, I don't, it, you know, you, I, I just prefer the decisions to be made after investigation is done. And if, again, I have not been following it. So if somebody's out there and they're like, oh, there is proof about Jim doing this or that, then that's fine. But based off of what John is about to say, as you're pulling that in, uh, sounds like they've done a lot of digging into Jim stuff and it doesn't look like they've found anything. Yeah, here's Harps. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've talked to him quite a bit. Uh, I have a lot of opinions on it, obviously. I'm his brother, you know, and uh, I'm proud as heck of him. I'm really impressed with the way he's handled himself through all this. I mean, it's been a long run. And uh, about everything he, everything can be done to, you know, his phones, his computers, and all that stuff have been looked at. And he's come through this thing with flying colors. And uh, they really have... You know, I don't know if what, what they're trying to get, but they don't have anything of substance, and I just think I'm proud of them. I think it's a, a real compliment to our family and to him, something for us to be proud of because as kids can see this. You know, you get kind of in this kind of a situation where you, you, become, you come under fire for whatever reasons, and you come out in really good place doing the right thing all the time. And I'm really proud of that, and I think it's great for family and kids, and it's just a great blessing in that sense. He's a great man. He's a great coach. His players love him. His coaches love him, and uh, and he stands tall through all this. All right, so Harb's not mincing words there whatsoever. Again, something that he felt ready for, prepared for. Um, uh, Morgan Adsit from Fox 45 was the reporter who asked him that, and uh, certainly give a hat tip to her. That's not an easy question or topic to bring up, and you never know what kind of response or reaction you're going to get. But in that case, he'd probably been, to be honest with you, I'm surprised he hadn't been asked yet. I know it's really tough ah. to do in a, in a post-game format, but – um, yeah, I was surprised. They asked Mike McDonald last week, and Mike was like, I'm a Raven now. I don't really want to talk about it. But Harbaugh's in a different position because it's his brother. So obviously, he's going to go to bat for family. Yep. So we'll leave it at that. And obviously, we'll follow it uh, accordingly as things change and are updated throughout the investigation. But just in terms of around the AFC North news, uh, Steelers linebacker Quan Alexander suffered a season ending torn Achilles over the weekend. 
he was placed on the reserve injured list Tuesday as a result. So again, maybe not the most pressing thing ever, but being that they do have Pittsburgh on their schedule once more, and it's the regular season finale, that's relevant. And then Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, as we were recording, gave an update from one of his sources on Trey Hendrickson, who we know is could be in trouble uh, for Thursday night. And the source told Fowler, uphill battle, but wouldn't put it past him to at least try. That's how he's wired. And of course, he suffered a hyperextended knee over the weekend. The MRI came back negative. So that will be, regardless of whether he plays or not, it's going to be a big storyline to follow because he could be a game wrecker when healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Big, big, big news injuries going around the, the division. It has big impact on everything. And while you hate to see anybody get injured, it also is like, okay, it's not just the Ravens. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not just the Ravens that go through it. And knock on wood, there hasn't been any, you know, major serious injury to a star, star player. Knock louder. Yeah. There <laughs> you go. Shout out our couple of our returning patrons. They're supporting everything we're building here inside the channel through Patreon this month. And they are very much appreciated. So shout out Jason Barrett and Rick Henry. Thank you both. And if you guys are interested in doing the same out there, you want a monthly shout out, maybe you're a small business owner, whatever it might be, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering this month here inside the channel. All that information can be found in the show notes below. Again, one more shout out, speaking of, to Jay Morrison from Pro Football Network. He joined us for our official Bengals Ravens preview, gave us some great stuff and even spilled the tea a little bit in terms of what Joe Burrow is this year in terms of performance level. We know he was dealing with that calf issue the first time these two teams played, or was he? Lots of good stuff there from Jay Morrison. So check that out again Thursday night. We will have our post-game live stream as soon as once as soon as this one finishes up. I'll be at BMO around town for the pre-game live stream. Join us if you don't have any pre-game tailgate plans. And of course, we will we will be back with a couple more morning vaults this week as well. You guys are the best, as always, for my co-host and partner, uh, Sarah Ellison. I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Wednesday morning vault. I'm already mixing my days up. This is your Wednesday morning <laughs> vault. It's a weird week with how short it is for not just the players but for people who are in daily content the way we are. So subscribe to the channel, like this video if you've been enjoying our content. We'll talk to you guys soon.